Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am your host, Mary Catherine Ham. We are your morning show for any hour, and I am here, as always, with Vic Mattis, my buddy and an editor at the Washington Free Beacon. How are you doing, Vic? Hello, Mary Catherine. I'm fine, but a little concerned. Mm-hmm. Let me tell okay. you why. My, my daughter, she went, they had like a half day yesterday, so she and her friends went to the mall as young teens. I like, love it know, that they still do she, that. They know, right? And she brought home her leftover smoothie, okay? So it's in the fridge, but I think it really needs to be in the freezer because you keep a, a, anything like that in the fridge. It tends to liquefy more, but you know, there was no way that was going to hold for the next day. So I said, I will have it uh, after dinner, right? Whatever. It's just a half. It's half a smoothie after dinner. So it was like a strawberry, a strawberry smoothie. I said, good. It's like, it's like healthy, you know, it's strawberry. It weighed me down so much. And I weighed myself this morning and it was like, whoa, isn't it just like strawberries and bananas? Or did I just have a strawberry milkshake? What is going well, on? Well, see, that's where you're wrong, Vic, because it's the, it's the sugar that's after you, not the fat. The fat oh, is your friend. Oh my gosh. Sure. Isn't it like natural sugar from the fruit? <laughs> no. I mean, I'm not watching them make it. I'm, I'm picturing well, I mean, it is, but it doesn't matter. And you hit blend it, with low-fat yogurt. Yeah, see that? You don't want that. You want full-fat yogurt. Oh, my gosh. I think that's what happened to me. When you were a kid at the mall, which was not long ago, mm-hmm. did, you, what did, you, did you eat and drink anything in particular? What um, was your you, go-to thing? Or were you too cool to consume? Oh, no. Consuming? I was definitely at the mall, and I was definitely at the food court, because where else were we going to go? And my favorite thing that I still miss from the mall days and is hard to come by is an orange Julius. Oh, you know, I know what you mean. And have you ever thought about making it? Actually, I have looked this up and I believe I have tried before back in my 20s when I had more time on my hands. And it's an incredible, if anyone, listeners who have not had an orange Julius. Oh, it's so good. It's hard to explain, isn't it? But I think my theory was, it's two ingredients, it's, isn't it? I think it's just orange juice and cream, right? It's like... I was going to say, oh, cream. That's another thing. See, I thought I was thinking orange juice and milk, which sounds gross, but it, in fact... No, it is... Was like It's a dreamsicle good. smoothie. That's what it is. Yes. Crushed ice. Oh, you need crushed amazing. ice. Yeah, so I miss those. You can't come by those so often, but I still go to the mall and get my one of my favorite snacks from back then, which is an Auntie Anne's... Pretzel with a cream cheese dip and a Coke. They have fantastic Coca-Cola at that particular fast food restaurant. It's like McDonald's, like their mix is just right. Yeah, they're doing something with the mix that if you bought it, this is very true. They know how it, much like wine pairings with food, you know, it's like, oh, this particular sauterne will go great with this foie gras. It'll be amazing. The, the quarter pounder. It needs, it needs the fountain the Coke, Coke from McDonald's, yes. Have you, ever, have you ever said, oh, I have soda at home? So you get the McDonald's, you bring it back with the soda from a can or a bottle. It's not, it's not as good. No. Mm-mm. It's crazy. I have an extensive, so I have an they, extensive so ranking the, and, and, of Coke yeah. types, which we could get into it at another oh, really? episode. But yes, it's, oh, I'd love to do hear the that. whole ranking. The, your Auntie Anne, so you go for the sweet pretzel. No, I like the salty one. You know that. But you use a dip, though. What it's is the dip cream you just cheese. said? Although, What's although they here? serve you low fat. And again, not for that. Oh, hey. Not for it. Well, that's not, not for that. I like, there was a place called Hot Sam's in the Ocean County Mall up in Jersey. And I would get a, a pretzel with salt and mustard. Oh, that sounds nice. And it was so good. I could be there for that. So good. <laughs> okay. Other than that, 
and my weight. Uh, How are you? I am okay. I went on an adventure yesterday. Here's a here's the thing that I do sometimes, which is like I'm sort of a when it rains it pours parent. In that, when I have less help, I'm like, let's do more things. I don't know why this is. <laughs> maybe it maybe it harkens back to my single mom days, and I'm like, I'm invincible. I can I can take my children anywhere. You you know Maddie Kearns from National Review. I asked her about this once. You know, are you taking you know you taking on too many things? And she said, the more things you take on, the more time you have. Isn't I do weird? I do think like I'm better true. at governing my life when I have more going on. That is, when more is asked yeah. of, of me. So maybe I just okay. get more ambitious when I have less help because it you know the the day just keeps rolling that way. So my yes, husband is out of town on a work trip, and I discovered that the an adventure I wanted to take the girls on, the big girls, is closing in a couple of days. So I was like, well, it's either do it in the next three days or not do it at all. And that means doing it on a weeknight. <laughs> and and it's what? an hour from town. Okay. okay. It's an what hour from our house closing? in Leesburg. It was the Harry Potter Forbidden Forest experience. Now, as you know, Wait a both, minute. Both because of my appreciation for her books, which I did not read until I read them with my children. I was I was not a millennial twenty something reading Harry no, Potter. That's that's after in your fact, time. It was, and in yeah. fact, I didn't understand a lot of the references on Twitter, which is the only reference, only literary references there are on Twitter are to Harry Potter, until <laughs> until two years ago when I started reading them with my kids. But I do have an appreciation for the books. I think the world is very is really whimsical and lovely, and and the world building is great. And also, I've you know ideologically now I'm fine with J.K. Rowling having all of my money, and that so rarely yes. happens for me. So, also all of the Harry Potter installations and events are so high end and beautifully done. So I was like, I sort of toyed with getting them a present for Christmas that was this experience. I didn't end up doing it because I thought to myself, <laughs> again being too ambitious, I was like, let's do it the first week of January. I had a baby January 6th. Like, what was I thinking? I wasn't going to do a, a walk in the forest for a mile with several children. <sighs> what are we, post-apocalyptic times? Anyway, so I get my children after school and an audition for a for a musical that my my oldest is is working on right now. So it's already Ooh, a long day. What's the music? Uh, oh, what's it's, the musical? Uh, it's a, a mashup of several Bible stories with some oh, yes. original music. Oh. So I, I wow. think there's a rap. Like a like a theological rap. Of course, of course there is. <laughs> so I pick I pick her up. I pick the girls up from what already is a long day, and I'm like, "Settle in, ladies. I got a surprise for you." And I brought their little cheapo Harry Potter wands that do nothing. And I was like, "Look, we're going to the forest." At which point they're like, "Why don't these wands do anything? I want them to do stuff." There are other higher end wands you can buy that do things. Ours don't. Are, do you know, are these the same ones that you can get if you went to Universal Studios? No, those are the ones they uh, want. And I, okay. Because those are like electronically, like, you know, you could wave them yes. in front of window panes and things. And, and things. Yes, and this is an important part of my parenting philosophy. The experience is the gift and the treat, and we don't need to add on to it, okay? So when we even went to Universal Studios and did not get them the fancy wands, and we just said, oh. stand near the other chick who has a wand and <laughs> oh come on no you did not it do did. that i was like it'll work and just, oh, man. just stand with her That's and funny. say lumos and it'll get the job done anyway 
That's like moving the, you know, the the the, the little uh, the coin operated rides outside the store and just well, this, shaking it. This See, is it's what working. my parents did to me. Famously, they would not give us a quarter to play Pac Man, and is one of this is one of my most formative you just parenting lessons. The thing? And my brothers and I would memorize the the fake grid, you know, where it does the demo game, and try to convince each other that my mom had given us a quarter. Like, look, look, I'm really wow. playing, John. Look at me. So you you reversed you reversed the you turned the tables yes. on them, saying, "In fact, look, I do have it now. See, watch this." <laughs> so, at any rate, I have carried this philosophy from my parents to my children. They don't get extras when we go to do fancy stuff like this. Others do it a different way. So we go out to the forest. And it was, you know, nighttime and it's, I did get them a butterbeer. Okay. I'm not, I'm not. Okay. Evil. Hold on a question. Now. I have a question. Mm -hmm. Is this a traveling show? And one and two, is it an, are, do they put all these things in an actual forest? Are you entering a giant no, warehouse? No, you're in an actual forest. So it's like, it's like, you know, those. Like a, like a pumpkin. Yeah. Like, or, or a haunted, ha a haunted forest at Halloween. It's kind of, it's like that, except, you know, very high end. And so. Yeah. So we go and it's dark and it's out in Leesburg at a at a large piece of land with a lot of forest. And <laughs> we drive an hour to get there. And of course, me being me, I did not plan properly. So I'm like tossing goldfish in the back of the car like I'm said, no dinner, ladies. We're just going straight to the thing. This is it. So we get there and it, it of course, like has the potential to be a little bit scary. I mean, it's Harry yeah, Potter. It's yeah. nighttime. We're in a forest. Yeah. There are some creepy elements here. They 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 can have dinner at the Leaking Cauldron. <laughs> no, there there actually there were refreshments. Like I said, we had butterbeer. Butterbeer. Um, butter I wanted my butterbeer to be warm, and it was not. It was cold. It's basically cream soda, isn't it's it? It's like sort of watered down cream soda, is what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> flat cream soda. So flat cream. it's no orange Julius. I'll tell you that. No, it's so <laughs> that that's magical. So we yeah. go into the the forest, and it was really beautifully done. Like a this is an installation that's in a couple of places throughout the world. I think there are installations wow. in London. I believe for a while there was one in New York or Philly. And there's one mm -hmm. here. They're not very many places. And as with all things Harry Potter, it's extremely professional and beautiful and yeah. impressive. And so I very much enjoyed it. But, well, it sounds but there is a part. It's about a mile walk. And I've got, <laughs> I had the, the little baby. I left the toddler at home with my lovely au pair who watched her because that would not have gone well but it had to take the little baby and the little baby is being pushed on gravel in the middle of the night like duk, 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 bumping 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 the entire time that's yeah you know, it's like getting rocked she's got that's she's how i like to think sleep. about it yeah the yeah, girls yeah. seven and nine pretty brave in general but they were a little creeped out at times and there's a choice where you can go see aragog do you know who aragog is I, I have okay. no, no, I have no idea. It sounds like something from Lord of the Rings. Aragog is the giant spider in Harry Potter. And oh, there's... He's like the mother of all the yes, spiders. Yes, so there is... And, he, and you know, he's... he's he, from the Chamber of he, Secrets. He's yes. not nice. Okay. And he's scary. Okay. So, oh, it's a oh, he. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it That's is a mom. Knows. I don't know. <laughs> so both. There's, a, there's a fork in the road, and you have to decide if you want to go subject yourself to Aragog. Right. This is really a metaphor for. Oh yeah. The answer this is yes. This is a metaphor for life, right? And the and the girls, uh -huh. yeah. The girls had been choose? saying like, "Oh, I'm." The little one was like, "I'm definitely going to see Aragog," and the big one was like, eh, "We'll see." And I was like, "We're all going to see Aragog because mom paid for us to see Aragog." So <laughs> we get That's we get there on the precipice of the moment that they must be brave, mm -hmm. 
and both of them start to chicken out. They're like, oh, I think maybe I'm going to opt. Do they really now, now, if you put yourself in their mm-hmm. shoes, does it, as you approach Aragog, is it genuinely scary? Oh, I would scary? say it's, for their age, I would say yes, it's genuine. You know it's going to be a giant spider. You're, it's dark. Yeah. You're in a forest. I mean, right. it's not, but you know, it's, it's not yeah. a small okay. ask, right? So, yeah. but I was like, no, 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 we're going girls. So I held both their hands and we walked down the tunnel area to this like sort of lit with purple lighting. Very creepy. There's spider webs yeah, everywhere. Scary. Yes. And so yes, you go yes. see Aragog and okay, let me, this is a spoiler alert. So if you're going to the Forbidden Forest and you really want to be surprised, just, you know, fast forward a little bit. We get there and there's like sort of a, I would say size of a small, size of a Prius looking cave area where this spider, this giant spider creeps out at you after you've been standing there for a moment. There's of course, there's also music. This is all scored. So you're getting creepy music. And you're in a real yes. forest. And the, the spider comes out yeah. creepy, but my little one goes, oh, it's actually kind of silly looking. Like she wasn't very scared. There you Yes. And then it's okay right. after Well, that. it's almost okay. okay after that, Vic, because what they're doing is they're distracting you with Aragog, and you don't know that above your head is a dark scaffolding that has a bunch of smaller spiders that oh, they no, then no, 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 descend, no, 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 no. the mechanical spiders descend upon you after it. you've Stop been distracted it. by Aragog. And my older, my older one was like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I hugged her and I said, my, it's okay. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I said, you got to, <laughs> you know, me being me. I'm like, you got to suck it up, man. We're not, we're not running out of this cave right now. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. You're, you're stuck. You're stuck in there. I, I would have so loved it if, you know, my kids were still young and they went there with my mother-in-law. That would have been a, a real laugh. <laughs> they actually have a warning. Like if you are arachnophobic, go this way. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my my mother, great. by the way, had us watch Arachnophobia one time. This is actually very reminiscent. Maybe I'm just repeating all of my parents' yeah. patterns here. My mom had us watch the movie Arachnophobia, oh, that is creepy which movie. was marketed as a comedy. If you remember, it had John Goodman in it. Yeah, this is this is crazy because sometimes you'll get that on like you know on Netflix or Amazon, and it'll be under the category of comedy. Yep. Well, we watched that movie when I was probably around the same age as these kids are now. We watched that movie with my mom when my dad was out of town, and we all were like, "Nope, nope, 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 nope." <laughs> so I'm just the popcorn. It was in the popcorn. That was the oh, worst and the part. The lamp. So you can see the little silhouette on the lamp. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, so I'm just yeah. paying it forward. I'm paying the trauma forward. Is what okay, I'm saying. Good. They have something. But to we remember all for the rest we, of we their all lives. escaped okay. And I I I told. Uh, here's yes. a question. Yeah. Do you have to? Can you like? How close do the little spiders come? Can you swap them no, away? Or and they're no? not even that little. They're just so much smaller than okay. the the big yes. spider. But they uh, they come down they from appear. up above, and you get this like zzz, like weird spider sound above your head, and then you look up, and they're coming at you. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll hand it to them. It was a good effect. It was it was nicely done. I think I would have screamed. I would have screamed, and and just to get it, you know, I like to enjoy, you know, and sort of embrace the terror and get really into I, it. And I I screamed a little bit. <laughs> I told I told my oldest. I was like, it's okay. Oh, we got we got man down, man yeah, down. Speaking of Hold which, on. anyway, lessons lessons were learned. We yes. powered through. They enjoyed the experience, and. All was all was lovely, but it, it really was a nice experience. I'm glad you got them. It's this is like this is like taking a circus to the next level, or or a freak show, or something. It's like to the well, next. I just like Nightmare Alley. Well, I'm jealous. Know? I'm jealous of them because there just were not 
really opportunities like this for the the book characters that I loved as a kid. Sure. Aside from the very very occasional trip to Disney World, which we did once or twice, but there's just, there's just more opportunity for those kind of things to see in real life for my kids than there were yeah. for me. Whether it's you know live Paw Patrol or what have you, you know they get they get all yeah. their faves on stage and in front of them. It's a really cool thing. So anyway, we survived. The only time you can get. You know, the other the other opportunity, if you couldn't go down to Florida, but you wanted to see your, quote, favorite characters and you happen to live, at least for me, in the tri-state area, you'd go to Ice Capades. Yes. You could see Disney on ice. And, you'd see, and sometimes the commercials were good enough. Oh. I just like to see them in the commercials. Oh, I guess we got to do news, huh? Oh, we got some. Yeah. <laughs> well, our last episode was pre-State of the Union, recorded pre-State of the Union. So now we got to do a follow-up. We got to do a follow-up on the State of the Union. I would say expectations exceedingly low as he's not an orator, never was, and continues to become a worse one. Here's here's just a little taste of the speech. Autocracy has grown weaker, not stronger. Name me a world leader who changed places with Xi Jinping. Name me one. Name me one. Okay, so first of all, kudos to uh, McCarthy and Kamala for keeping straight faces back there during that yelling episode. That was a signal, I think, being tough on China in that moment. Was that what we were doing? That that was his, I believe they say it was 15 words that he spent to address the balloon without actually saying the balloon and just saying we showed them because, you know, we shot that thing down basically after it traversed the United States and then we got him. So, I mean... The weirdest thing is the name me one leader. And I I was just, you know, John Podhoritz was saying this. He's like, I don't know. How about the president of Ghana? No, there's several. (laughs) I mean, there are any, you know, I mean, this is not to say that this is not to say that the president of Ghana is is an autocrat. I don't know. But there are certainly lots of autocrats of very small states that would love to be presiding over this powerful economy and have all these things at their disposal, including more missile launchers now, you know, missile launchers than the United States. Um, you know, that that's that's well, the and they, thing. Would, they would love uh, to. So have, that was they would love to have a relationship with the United States, the other superpower in the world that defers to them to such a degree that oh. there has been no reckoning over covid and probably yeah. none coming. And in the event that said country flies a spy balloon over the entirety of your nation for a couple of days before mm-hmm. the speech, what we're worried about is this is going to mess up our chats with them. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because we've got to keep up those relations. It's, and that, again, that, and, and that speaks to the dependency that this country has on everything China, everything made in China to this day. And I appreciate his wanting to have like the construction materials made in the United States, like for federal buildings and things of that nature. Great. I'll We're going to pay so much out. money. I mean, this is the bind yeah. that everyone's in, right? Yeah. yeah. So just exactly. for, for reference, the, the rest of the quote about that makes reference sort of to the balloon without really is make no mistake about it. As we made clear last week, if China threatens our sovereignty, we will act to protect our country. And we did. It was like several days after the thing had been flying over our airspace, and that's right. I'm think I'm thinking that Biden might think it's okay that we waited till it went over the Atlantic to shoot it down because China probably didn't have enough time to get the film developed. 
Because I admit, you know, it takes, there's a camera and then you got to take it to the 24 hour like, photo if, place. If you're going to address this, shouldn't there be some sort of assurance that like, hey, we got like, you don't have to, you don't have to get into the classified stuff, but like at least some sort of sop toward the idea that like, oh, we foiled these guys. We got some, we got some intel on this or what have you. But there's like no attempt. It's just like, man, we killed it. We did a, we did this perfectly by shooting it down five days after we had found it and letting it traverse the country and trying to keep it secret so that we could send Blinken over to China. That's right. It was real victory lap he took and people were clapping. But overall, people thought that the State of the Union was, some were saying, the greatest State of the Union speech ever. There's a Keith Olbermann tweet that Jen Rubin retweeted that literally says, Uh, I think this is the greatest State of the Union I've ever seen. And can I just say... Don't you you think Barack Obama would have something to say about this? Can I also just say... Have some dignity, sir. What are you doing? I, I feel sorry it's for people. Look, I am, a, I am a lady of the right, okay? It is true. It is who I am. That's why I'm not on CNN. It's like, I, this is who I am. However, I feel sorry for people who are obligated to be so partisan that they must pretend that state of yeah. the union addresses are bowling them over and making them so excited about government programs. They are essentially laundry lists of nonsense that presidents would like to enact. There's some butt kissing of special interest groups. And it's all sort of like cobbled together with what attempts to be a few lofty sentences in way more time than you want to spend listening to it. And that's what we saw the other night. That's what we saw the other night. And we don't have to pretend that it's something more than that. Did you enjoy the line when he said, raise public teacher salaries? Oh, I was going to, I was going to address the president this. can do that. I was going to address this. The president can do not, that. Oh, okay. Not only, not only that, Vic, but as you know, there's actually a theme here of like sort of not taking responsibility for things or talking about things that are important in such a glancing manner that everyone's just like, wait, huh? So on the issue of education now, I, oh boy! I could be. I know. What I you're could be say. wrong. I need to re-listen to the whole thing. So, it, if there's somewhere else it's addressed, please let me know. But this is the section on education, and I just want you to listen for any like concern about I don't know learning loss or the fact that we just found out from a prominent podcaster that we've been teaching reading wrong in most of America's schools for like the last several decades and no one knows how to read, which we already knew that no one knows how to read, but now we know it was because of systematic, like improper teaching. (laughs) So just, just curious whether he's concerned about that. Here's what he has to say. Restoring the dignity of work means making education an affordable ticket to the middle class. You know, when we made public education, 12 years of it universal in the last century, we became the best educated, best paid nation in the world, but the rest of the world has caught up. It's caught up. Jill, my wife, who teaches full-time, has an expression. I hope I get it right, kid. Any nation that out-educates us is going to out-compete us. Folks, we all know 12 years of education is not enough to win the economic competition of the 21st century. If you want to have the best educated workforce, I'm, of course, reading more clearly than he did. Let's finish the job by providing access to preschool for three- and four-year-olds. By the way, where was this 12 years isn't enough when we were saying that one year off was no big deal? Yes. Okay, so two things. (laughs) One... That's not a that that is that line was not invented or or or, or Doctor Jill. Oh, she didn't she didn't pin that. EDD. She didn't coin that one. No, no. Well, unless she gave it to Barack um, Obama, 
because he had said that line in a previous speech during his administration. <laughs> so I meant maybe Dr. Joel just gave it to Barack. That's the first thing. And the second thing is connected to that and his demands for, you know, his focus on being, you know, education oriented and helping our kids. I believe earlier he talks about what COVID did. COVID shut down our schools. I think yeah, that's so, what he said. COVID so shut that's down the schools mention, such that it is. Yeah. He said, and folks, folks, in the midst of the COVID crisis, when schools were closed and we were shutting down everything, let's recognize how far we came in the fight against the pandemic itself. Like real non sequitur sort of, or it, yes. it does not deal with the issue. Non sequitur is probably not the right word. It doesn't deal with the actual issue. So what he, what he wants to do is add some more years to school, even though we actually have randomized control studies that show that putting kids in government-sponsored preschool actually makes them worse off in some ways and doesn't get you a lot of, a lot of gains yeah. at all. That's a real thing, but the government just yeah. ignores it. And then we want to raise salaries for public school teachers, and we have zero to say about the devastating and universally no. acknowledged no. learning loss at this point. Well, again, that was COVID that did mm -hmm. that. You know, the virus, the virus. The virus down. Yeah, it wasn't. It was not that. It was not the politicians or the teachers' unions. The virus did that. Same thing. And by the way, I, I, not not to jump topics here, but connected to blaming everything on the pandemic, he said the same thing about crime, the crime spike. Yeah. You know, COVID, the COVID crime spike, because you know that virus makes you want to want to you know loot and that's murder. how that's how that happens <laughs> it, it, it's like the rage virus from 28 days later yes you just go nuts uh, as, you as usual and as it has nothing to do with the progressive prosecutors or or just like just acknowledging that the policies caused these problems it wasn't just yeah, yeah it the wasn't the virus itself it was the response to it which was bad in many 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 ways yeah. All right. Yeah. I want to do a little bit about this bit where he goes back and forth with Republicans on Social Security. Now, before I get into that, let me just say it was straight trash for Nancy Pelosi to rip up Trump's speech while she was sitting behind him. Yeah, that was bad. It her. is also trashy to heckle the president of the United States, even when he is lying, which <laughs> in this case he is uh, a little bit. I like a little bit of parliamentary, parliamentary grumbling, right? Like, right? sure. It was very much that, like that. I thought it was question. It, it turned into it question did, time. It did kind of, which actually I wouldn't mind if we did that regularly. Although our politicians really don't have the, the, the quick wittedness and the charm to pull, they don't got to the pull that off the way that the British no. do, nor the accents. However, in the State of the Union, you gotta you gotta sit on your hands sometimes and just like yeah. zip it up. Okay. Yeah, and it might drive you crazy, but that's just you know again one hour. And, and also sit well, there, and then you have a chance. I to would respond. grumble too, or I would make facial expressions. Okay, I'm just not gonna stand up and point and yell. All right, and it's 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 bad. You shouldn't do it. I think Marjorie Taylor Greene was the the biggest offender in this way this yes. year. But yeah, it's just it's it's not a good look. Deal with it on TV afterwards or in your speech after the fact but here's here's their back and forth i'm going to attempt to play it for us want to take the economy hostage i get it unless i agree to their economic plans all of you at home should know what those plans are instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share some republicans some republicans want medicare and social security to sunset i'm not saying it's a majority let me give you Anybody who doubts it, contact my office. 
I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. And I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. You know, it means if, if Congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are, they'd go away. Other Republicans say, I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant. But it's being proposed by individuals. I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. Okay, so a lot of the folks on the on the left in the in the Keith Olbermann column are like, this was jujitsu. He got the Republicans to cheer for not not doing anything to Social Security and Medicare. Couple things. I don't I don't think this was I don't think this was this was jujitsu. Even in the PolitiFact fact check, they're like, okay, even the thing he's referring to ostensibly, which is Rick Scott's proposal, which Rick Scott yep. probably shouldn't have released pre. 2022 because it was no, bad yeah. nobody asked no, it was for bad that. for messaging it... but scott's proposal politifact says does not specifically call for a phase out of medicare and social security and that is the most like far out prescription there is now there are republicans who leave the possibility open of changing the programs and tweaking them in some way because it is not going to work if we don't do that. And pretending that it will is not going to fix the problem. But yeah, d- did he win this fight? What do you think? I did think I did think the conversion line was kind of funny. <laughs> yes. No, I, I think that Biden came off pretty good. But it's because of, you know, I mean, the optics. He's up there. He's, a, you know, and he decided to engage. But he was able to detach himself from the heckling. It's weird though, because from our point of view, listening to that, it did sound, you know, you could say it was lively that it was like question time for the prime minister until you actually see them hooting and hollering. And it's not a, it's not no, a, it's a bad picture. look. I will also said, I will also say, you know, people are up in arms about Marjorie Taylor Greene, right. right. And the whole thing. And they've been, and I think they've been very, I think, more than necessary, unnecessarily mean about how she looked. Yeah, unnecessary. In my in my opinion, she she the way she looked was like a missing member of ABBA. <laughs> she had, look, if you look at it, I think she's ready to sing Fernando. Well, here's here's one thing: you cannot be all yes queen about Pelosi ripping up the speech and then be like, "That's right." How dare MJT with right. her fur lined coat? This is this is below this body. I mean, come on, guys. It. <laughs> It reminds well, I mean, so you know, this goes back to it in recent memory. This goes back to this sort of undecorous behavior, goes back to like Joe Wilson, yes, right, saying you lie to Barack Obama, and then Barack Obama politicizing or making a thing out of Citizens United, the Supreme Court ruling, SCOTUS judges, they all justices while sitting at the speech, like, come to my speech and I'm gonna slag you. That's right, and the protocol is they're not supposed to have any reaction or clap. All of a sudden, everybody around them, and I, you could see all the Dick Durbin, everybody behind the Supreme Court justices clapping loudly and hooting and hollering. And, and, and so Justice Alito then shakes his head and mouths the words, not true. And everybody's angry at him. How dare you not that, accept the, that the abuse? Was, that was rude. And Obama never gets any criticism for it because, yeah, he, because he delivers things so in such a nice sounding right. way He's that it doesn't... Sly. He's such an orator that it doesn't matter right. that he does super right. rude things that no one else has done before. But yes, you're correct. This has gone back a little while. 
And so it shouldn't be any surprise. It's not great. And what I will say is that if you're not going to spice it up like the prime minister's questions, which in this country we don't really do, and I don't think that the, the yelling really helps you win the argument. I think you make the argument after the speech. What I do like for spicing it up is one, I like the crazy outfits. <laughs> I like, I like. Yeah, Lauren Boebert. Lauren Boebert looked like she. Well, Kirsten Cinema has this giant statement yellow dress on. Oh yes, okay. Correction, I did not mean. Yeah, Lauren yeah. Boebert. I meant Kristen Cinema. Sorry, I get you confused. get confused. They all ladies all look the same. They all to look him. the same. They all look the same. So I like, I like the outfits. But let's talk about another little bit of spiciness from last night. Oh yeah, this is from the Washington mm-hmm. Free Beacons reporting a frame-by-frame analysis of Dr. Jill's open mouth to make out sesh with Kamala's husband. (laughs) There is a lot of discussion about this. Now, look, we've done some issues first, okay? I padded this out with talking about some issues. Social Security's going bankrupt. You guys should know that. It's just a real thing by 2034. So we've done the dignified thing. And now we're going to talk about this kiss. (laughs) That's right. What is your take on this? So so Jill Biden's, this is upon coming into the event. Jill Biden greets Mr. Emhoff. Is, is it Emhoff? Yes. Doug, yeah, Doug, yeah, Doug Emhoff. Greets Mr. Emhoff. They kiss. And it's like brief, but very friendly. It's not a makeout. It's not a makeout yes. sesh. My, my fact check says it's not a makeout sesh. However, there was, you know, I think more intimate contact than we, we might have expected. Do you, this is, this is, perhaps this is a very personal question, but I'm willing to share my own mm-hmm. experience of this. Do you often have other acquaintances or friends of the opposite sex, or perhaps the same, that you kiss on the lips? No, I do not. And that was never a thing in my family. That okay. was never a thing. Because some, some families, you know, they no, do I that. Know. I, I hear about I, this. This is, this is yeah. the thing. I do think that culturally there are different families and I'm, I, I'm not assigning this to any particular group, but there are different families who do this differently and there are different nationalities who do it differently. I was not shocked by this moment. I would not be engaged in it. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. surprised by it. I wondered if this was a fumble where they just like, you do that thing where you're like, I was going to kiss you on the, the cheek and then I was going to, oh, and then we shifted and now we're on TV doing well, it. Here's the thing. Yeah. So here, well, here's the thing. Like, I, I have a friend. She's very dear to me. She's now in her late seventies. Perhaps she's e- even eighty, and very affectionate. And when I see her, you know, she likes to give a little peck on the lips. Right. You know, very my chaste. lips are very chaste. Yes, my my lips are tightly sealed. <laughs> you look at that photo. The the again the frame by frame analysis that Andrew Styles did for the Washington Free Beacon. He calls it rightly. It was a lip latch because he's holding on. To like that lower look, you know how no, you, you're right with your with your with your significant other. This is something you would do, which is you could kiss that way. <laughs> and this is the first lady and the second man. And I thought, perhaps now I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here. Perhaps he absentmindedly or she absentmindedly forgot. Oh wait, this is not my spouse. <laughs> and by that time, it was it too hap- late. Has, Maybe that happens to the best of us. Yes, I tell I tell people this all the time when I do that. Yeah, 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 so. yeah. I just is abs- I yes. just well, fell the- into this situation. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> okay, so the the funny thing is, they the the next day, Uni- Univision, Univision, asked the vice president Kamala Harris about the kiss. She says she hadn't seen the video, 
but says that the two of them were closely on combating anti-Semitism. Oh. Very close. Cool. Yeah. I did notice that there, if you watch the tape, if you Zapruder this thing, yes. there are people around them who react like, oh, that was odd. There was an older <laughs> woman who had the best reaction. There are about, there are like three women in this shot who are like, what, what's yeah. happening there? What, what is that? It's Bono. I think Bono wanted in on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will, I will tell you that, that if I semi-open mouth kissed another dude on TV, that my husband would take issue with it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That would be terrifying, by the way. That guy would, I, he, I, I, he would leave the country. You should even, leave the country. Even now. if it was Doug Imhoff, we'll also just down. like, yeah, Bono's right there. If you're going to choose one of them, let's go for that. Oh, come on. Come on. I love Bono. <laughs> Believe me. I, I would say it was an accident for me. What kind, of, what kind of doctor are you if you're choosing Doug over Bono? That's right. Well, the funny thing is, after the kiss, after the kiss, the looks on their faces were like, oh. <laughs> you know? Did we just do that uh, in public? What happened? happened? Yeah. right. Or, or that. Or did we just do that in public? I forgot. I thought we were Again, back. Again, you know, it has happened to the best of us. Okay. okay. Just a few more points about policy, and then we'll move on. Uh-huh. One, I found the Social Security Exchange a little bit disheartening, I forgot to say, because it just... <laughs> proves that everyone is going to be in denial about it until the end of time they're like no no no. Oh, yeah that thing yay is cheers kicked down the road cheers for that yeah. everyone stand up for ignoring the fiscal reality of this program that will not last by the way my youngest child just got his first broken government promise in the mail the other day that was his social security card so it's <laughs> nice that they start you off early and of course i gave him a lecture about how he will never see a penny of this and we'll go in debt to china to continue to perpetuate this nonsense right. so anyway that was discouraging and then finally the the tip of the hat to the pro act i don't know if you heard that that that's of course fan service for the the union folks oh yes that's the pro right. act is a federal version of the california ab5 law which destroyed the lives of freelancers in california mm -hmm. by making it essentially impossible to do that kind of job because you have to be it sort of it wants to force unionization on everyone there you can unionize yes. anywhere you're going to have a battle many places but you can unionize you just can't be forcing people to unionize and the left is like no no, no we would like to force them to do that and so this yeah. is a proposal that has no chance in a republican congress thank goodness because it would be very bad for a lot of people particularly the self-employed independent workers who could not exist with that so there's a lot of even though the speech was like sort of ho-hum and low-key, there's still those crazy proposals in it that are like, remind me, That's even right. though I don't like you guys, this is why I generally sit on this side, Republicans. Right. Speaking of which, did you watch Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who her big takeaway was, look, they're crazy, y'all. <laughs> That's That's the key because, you know, the big takeaway from her was, of course, this is not a matter of right versus left. You know, this is a matter of normal versus crazy. And that got them all worked up, yeah. meaning the other side. They hate being told that they're not normal and that normal is a bad thing. And they say she's the one who's crazy. And they make fun of her for being monotone. And there is no, nobody who has to give the opposite response is going to have the most amazing no. speech because the backdrop is not the Congress of the United States. Yeah, it's right? it, you can't outdo um, the pageantry. So 
No, you can't. But all things considered, I thought it was a fine speech. Yeah, and I, I think what she addressed, and again, her, her rhetoric is, is pretty spicy, but she says the Biden administration is doubling yeah. down on crazy. President Biden is unwilling to defend our border, defend our skies, and defend our people. Those are easy arguments to make. This isn't crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this isn't crazy. The only thing But I think better... she also, she addresses, yeah. she talked about school choice at one point. She addresses some of the issues that parents and others dealing with COVID restrictions mm-hmm. are still upset about, things that people care about, that I think the administration is just completely incapable of addressing. So that's, I think, is helpful to Republicans yeah. to the extent that anyone saw this speech. Well, I imagine, again, the way, you know, some people get worked up on the other side. Once she starts talking, you're going to start making jokes about, oh, wow, she doesn't look like she's 40. She looks like she's 50 or 60 and she sounds terrible. And I can say that. And it's not, you know, misogynist of me to say it because she's. Well, Republican yeah, I'm, a, I'm a liberal. No one's going to call me some out. Of on my, that. Some of my best friends are women. I can, <laughs> I can say whatever I want. That, too. Yeah. And, 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 and they can and, and they and they could just ignore the things, the, the substance of her speech and say none of it's true. They're just going to ignore it. But, you know, I thought she, I thought she was fine. Yeah. There's, there was a famous fail from Bobby Jindal, who people got oh, on yeah. for being a little sing songy in his delivery. And look, that's when he was governor of Louisiana, when he was governor of Louisiana. And at the time, I was like, can we can we take it easy on? And, and I, this includes Democrats. Can we take it easy on the response person? Because. It doesn't have to define their career. It is a really hard slot to speak in. I thought Bob yeah. McDonald did a nice job when he was Virginia governor by putting it. Yeah, people really remember well, they gave, The thing about him is that you don't have to remember it. It just wasn't weird and sterile because he was in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. And I that's think right. that's what, that's what, if I were giving it, that's what, now I'm not, I'm not up and coming in the way that a Stacey Abrams is and the Democratic Party who gave the response la- the last time. <laughs> There was a response. Didn't she give one? She gave one. Yeah. A, a response to the, yeah, her own. Um, yeah. I, think, I think. Yeah. So I'm not up and coming in that way. But if I were, I would, I would yeah. demand an audience because I think it just softens oh, everything. I'm, you know, what's funny. I'm not sure about the audience. I'm always amused when they give, you know, uh, a response from their local state house because state houses much, you know, they're like miniature versions of the Capitol. Yeah. So suddenly you're just seeing somebody that looks like they're in a dollhouse <laughs> version. It's like, or the, 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 you know, the land, I don't want to say it's a mini yeah. land, but you know, like everywhere, like for the kids, right. like, you know, eventually where everything's right. it small. Was like, it was like the, the Harry Potter forbidden forest of, of responses. Yes. There you go. It's like, <laughs> exactly. It's like, wait a minute. That I would actually give my, my speech from Aragog's lair. That's because I want to, I want <laughs> to relate to okay. the people. Okay. Yeah. The only thing I would say, the only thing that could, could have been better with Sarah Huckabee Sanders and other people have said this is if she was able to have more of an instant reaction to all the various inaccuracies, shall yeah. we say, of Biden's speech and say, actually, he can't do this. Actually, he's wrong about this or that. See, that's the, the thing. Now, that I could get into that, like a rapid response. Great. Yeah, rapid response. I could do that <laughs> from Eric oh, Oxlair. Yeah, okay. Uh, we, talked about, we talked about heckling. We talked about kissing. Uh, it's been a very etiquette-heavy show, and it's about to get more heavy. Oh, okay. So I previewed this, that we were going to talk about the cut in New York Magazine's etiquette list. They have 140 rules that they say are the new new rules for etiquette. I wanted to just... Did you get through all 100? I did. I read all of them. And first of all, I want to say there's a a couple that maybe you should pay attention to, Vic. For for upholding it or violating it? That's what I want. We'll see when I read it to you. 
All right. All right. All right. All right. For instance. Now, I think any of these, I haven't gotten through all 140, but I'm sure I will have opinions okay. on all of them. <laughs> We're going to do all Give of them. Just me. kidding. For, I'm, <laughs> for numbers, this is number 62. You, you can decide if it applies. After high school, you're not allowed to be a birthday diva, Vic. Oh. Vic, in the middle of... Of a still not over Vic Fest. No, it's not over. We that have one started on February second. We're now we're going to be beyond a week, Vic. Beyond a week on the I know, celebration. I've pushed. I've pushed the limits on this, but that was only to accommodate some of our friends. <laughs> Let me say that in a perfect world, it would all happen on one day. Okay, maybe two days. Okay, maybe three. Three days, but back to back, <laughs> like okay. one, two, three. That's that. That's middle uh, of the road. I will say I. I mostly agree with the exception of milestones in birthdays past. I don't want to make a big to-do about it. Have something or not. One thing would be nice. I like one nice dinner. That's fine. Milestones. This sadly is a milestone. <laughs> so, no. The next one maybe will be. I'm not even going to do 55. No, I support you. I, say I like support you living 60. it up for, for this one. Uh, particularly you. because you support me tomorrow, I, I get I'm to sure. come to one of the events. So <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Therefore, but, you know, just beware okay. of diva category, okay? No, I... What I should do is stop talking about it. That's the, that's my great day. I, I like, people like, like, wait a minute. Okay. Well, some people are going to be like, when, when, where, where's my invite? Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. <laughs> I, I need to stop talking. So, I want to say that I like that they did this piece because I think the idea that we should have rules by which we govern ourselves to be a polite member of yeah. society is sort of a retro idea and could be attacked as yeah. not equitable. Like I was joking with Vic the other day, like, like very isn't, white. isn't etiquette just white supremacy? And, and they're not yeah. really rewriting the rules. I noticed that several of these rules are pretty retro or have like sort of an mm -hmm. unwoke or at least mitigating woke okay, flavor like, to like, them. Like what? So for instance, Number 46, being an ally doesn't mean debasing yourself. So she said, the, they explain it this way. In a bit from 2022, the stand-up comedian Sereni Weir, I can't say her last name, which is probably a microaggression in itself. Oh, sure. That's a violation of somebody. Is Weir Sakura describes a common interaction she had while living in Oakland. White people meet me there and they'll crumble like feta, she says. They'll be all like, oh you're a woman God. of color. How do I take up less space? Like their back goes bad. They get scoliosis. They go into fight or flight mode. I'm like, me and my girlfriend, we're cool. Like you don't got to be weird about it. And they're like, and you're queer? How do I stop existing? How do I cease to exist? I'm so sorry. <laughs> and they, That's so they advise that this virtue signaling actually is not good and that you are sort of making yourself the center of attention and being ridiculous. And I think, that is a welcome antidote to the kind of interaction yeah. that this comedian explains. <laughs> so I appreciate that. There's also number 52. Don't foist your allergies onto a dinner party, which is, I yes. think, the polite yes. move, right? And if you have a very restricted diet, mm -hmm. you should eat within your requirements at the dinner party. Obviously, if you have some very serious allergy, you want to be careful about that and advise people about it. Right. But- I like the idea that there's a group going on here and you are not allowed to dictate it to it necessarily just because of your own limitations. Yes. I think there are two factors involved. First and foremost, how close are you a friend to this person, right? If it's somebody near and dear, you know, and they have a, a, a peanut allergy or something, yeah, I'm going to make sure that there are no peanuts. That's right. easy. But 
for example, no names, no names, but I know friends, relatives of mine who will, in-laws will tell me about people that they know who like a spouse will have a very complex list of, you know, can'ts on their diet list. Right. And it's gluten because of the celiac and it's this and it's that. And okay, well, what are we eating here? You know? And I would say, if it's not if it's if, if it's not too much of a hassle, maybe you have something. But by and large, this is the menu. Well, and there I mean, you can there bring are times, something, but I mean, this is the menu. Oh, or just avoid and eat something else. I, yeah, I there know. are times in my life when I have been like pretty strict on the no carb thing, and I don't yeah. require people to cut potatoes out of their dinner party. I mean, that's it's crazy. No. And they're You're just going to eat less. Or, again, now yeah, that's, that's not fine. a safety issue, which can be a different thing that you discuss with somebody. But there is sort of like a a diet restriction Olympics going on, much like yeah. with identity Olympics, where you're like, oh, no, but my I have a very specific need. Mm-hmm. And so I like this idea that, no, you're just going to a dinner party. You need to, like, do the thing. <laughs> yes. And, and and the other the other thing I was going to say is, you know, you do take into account, you know, religious considerations. Yes. So if we have friends, for example, I we have friends who are Jewish, I'm not going to go out of my way to like, oh, and the main course is going to be a baked ham. Right, right, right. You know, but. But but sure enough, they'll be like, okay, I'll say, okay, we'll have a nice tenderloin, or we'll have you know a, a you know a rib roast or whatever, and they'll be like, great, we'll bring shrimp. Oh, okay, never mind. I guess it's okay. Um, I hope there's bacon there because we don't eat it at home. Nice. You know? <laughs> no names, um, by the way. No names. This one was hotly debated online. For group dinners with friends, always split the bill evenly. That's rule number fifty-five. What is your take on this? Okay, thanks to technology, I just thought about this now. This is happening on the spot, right? No script here. Thanks to technology, this is doable. It is doable in the sense of give me one check, somebody who has enough, you know, a credit on their credit card in good standing that they can pick up a large bill and everybody just Venmo. Right. Okay, that's doable. But excluding the Venmo option, I am very much against, oh, can we have like six different checks, okay. please? I think that's ridiculous. The late Jack Germont, is he late? I can't remember. Jack Germont, the great reporter. Jack Germont, You know what? You should reporter. just say a uh, reporter so you don't kill him. Yeah. A very large reporter. He used to be on the McLaughlin group. <laughs> Jack Germont. His advice is just pick up the tab. Somebody else, you know, and this is, but this is a good faith effort because you're going to assume that the people you're with who you like, assuming that they're friends of yours, will then eventually return the favor. My father will say, this is my father's big complaint is the exact opposite, which is he'll be with a group and he complains that they split the bill because they drink like fish and he might have one glass of wine and they're ordering expensive bottles. This is not fair. This doesn't apply to us, you and I, and our friends. We're, we're all, all just doing the thing, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, but I'm big on one person splitting the bill okay. or or maybe in half, maybe so in half. So I, I am okay, you. especially at a lunch, because it's just more casual. I am okay with giving several credit cards and just splitting it up as long as it's split up evenly, as discussed in this rule. My the problem sure. becomes, and look, this is all you know case sensitive. There might be areas where this is okay. The thing that kills me, and I have been at dinners with grown-ups who have done this, is the quibbling over I had one no. drink and you had two drinks, and I had a salad. That's no, nice. no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. And I was at a part at a dinner at a very nice restaurant. I think it was Rasika, a very nice restaurant in DC with a bunch of very 
grown ass, well paid people. Some from the Obama administration in like 2008 ah. or nine. And it was like tech people. And we were all uh-huh. in our 30s or close to it. And I swear to you, Vic, I am a, I'm very cheap. I'm a thrifty lady. However, how much is your dignity worth? Okay. At the end of that yeah. dinner, and it was a birthday dinner for a friend. Okay. So I just assumed we were all splitting. And then you put the birthday girl's dinner on everybody's yeah. Yeah. check. Yeah. The, way the one was, person right. who doesn't pay. Right. Oh, no. That's not what we were doing. So we're arguing about drinks and blah, blah, blah. It goes on and on oh, and on. Because no. there were like 10 or 12 oh, people there. All of whom, again, have money and jobs and apparently not dignity. And I, at one point, got so frustrated. This is how long it went on. I got so frustrated that I offered somewhat aggressively to go to the ATM to get 20s to appease anyone who needed to argue about this so that we could move on with our lives and not be so pathetic. You're almost tempted to just pick up the entire tab to embarrass them. I mean, it was re- that you know was my I mean? attempt at embarrassing That's, them was the, the ATM yeah. trip and it course they would have if they but if they're cheapskates they'd be like oh, okay great thanks thank you so much maybe that's the whole plan maybe they pretend to even quibble just so somebody will who's gonna cave first and say oh this is too much i'll take it but there's nothing that's it's embarrassing. and just to you throw it just like, to well, throw in my I ideological just, jab real yeah. quick yeah. these were a lot of libs and i'm like so when it comes to everyone else when every got everybody got to pay their fair share but when we're out with 10 people for dinner we can't split the check yeah <laughs> Yeah, equally. What about your no. fair share, guys? I didn't get I didn't get the okay, appetizer. So that one that one really got to me and I think there's a much like mo- helping your friends move, there's a there's an age limit of about 25 and gainfully yes. employed where you have to move okay. beyond this thing. Mm-hmm. So that one spoke to me. Was there were there any that spoke to you, Vic? Well, it's funny. There's the one about okay, there's two. One is agreeing about not waking up your spouse. <laughs> I saw that one, yeah. To talk Right. So like you're, this is it's like, for example, if Kate's already in bed, basically sleeping and I get in bed, but I'm still wired and hopped up and everything. I just finished whatever it was I was doing. Whatever Martini it was you were doing. Whatever Martini it was. And she and she's kind of awake and I take kind of awake as being awake. And then I want to have a conversation. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to rein that in and vice versa. She'll do that to me. And she doesn't really have a whisper voice. So then it's just open conversation. And I have to be like, what? What are you talking about? No. So this happened last night, and I stopped myself because of this particular etiquette tip. I said, you know what? There are th- I have things I want to talk about, but I'll there save you it go. There for you the go. next day. So that's the no, one I- thing. I assume that's – well, I mean, between you and Steve, one of you sleeps like a lot, Yes, right? yes. No, if I woke him up for a conversation, first of all, I'd have to wake him up the correct way so that he doesn't like go into warrior mode, which has happened once or twice. And I'm like, whoa, 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 it's just that's me. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. did. Wow. I did think there was one line somewhat facetious in that in that entry that said, even if you think someone's going to kill you, don't wake up your spouse. And I'm like, no, no, no. He has a duty to protect you. <laughs> Sorry. And for yeah. you, Kate, yeah. for you, the, Kate oh, has, that, that's right. Kate I saw that. No, that's definitely, you, so. that's definitely his job. That's definitely his job. Yeah. The other thing is, when is it too late to tell somebody that they've told the story? Already? Oh, yeah. And I, I, I know this from personal. I'm very conscientious myself about repeating a story. And you know what my way around it is? And here's a little pro tip for listeners. Say, oh, I know I tell this story a thousand times, but 
and then they're stuck in it. Okay, I'm sorry, you're gonna hear it again. <laughs> it's a good one. The other I'll way have around, you know. But it, but it's so good, you're gonna hear it again. The other way around, though, is actually very true. I think you have about what do they what do they say? Twenty seconds. No, they or said two like seconds. Two seconds. Okay, okay, two seconds to say. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. Oh yeah, yeah, you told me that's hilarious. It's if you wait till like middle or even worse at the end, I think you just come off as kind of a yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, there was there me. was one of these where I I felt like I was convicted. I was like, oh, that's a that's a good one to remember. And it was yeah. the correct response to some someone telling you something you already know is not I know, yeah. but you're right, which is a much more gentle Ooh. and okay. friendly way yeah. to say that. Because I find yeah. myself doing that all the time, where I'm like, oh yeah, I heard that from da da da, and it's not meant to be rude, but it kind of takes the wind out of other people's sails. Like let them just tell you the thing. It does. <laughs> And it's sad. And you feel sad. I'm like, you're the, why did you're I do the victim that? Why this, did I do that? You, no, well, well, okay, there's that. And then the person who is the brunt of this, it's, you, it's, it's embarrassing. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm probably going to have to wrap up soon, but these we, are so we fun. Hit the okay, fence. hold on. I do want to do this one real quick because yeah. I hate it. I hate it. Okay. This is the All only right. one that I absolutely hated. Number 72. If you like them, text people within three hours of hanging out with them. Okay. You shared that I gotta one read with me. this to you guys. If you didn't receive a text from me within three hours after our hanging out, it would signal that I did not have a good time and I am simply not interested. Now, this sounds romantic, but I think it extends that further down it extends to friends as well. I understand that not all of my cohort follows this rule, but they should. It is rude not to confirm that a good time was had. I don't care if we've known each other for 15 years. I would like verification of a successful hang. No. Okay. No. No, uh, it, it comes off as a as obnoxious. I would say this: this is what she's hinting at here is some form of a thank you note. But it really depends on if somebody paid for your, like somebody treated somebody treated for a lunch or a dinner. Send a text. You don't have to write a note these days. It's the twenty first century. I I get it, but send some sort of acknowledgement. I would say you have a day. They assume that you need time to recover. Send a thank you. But if, <laughs> if it's just like you're hanging out, I'm not going to do that. Hey, you know, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, so I'm i trying cool. to think like, times, I, you know. you know. Unless it was somebody I was interested in dating. Yeah, I like I, I, you know, if it's Doug Imhoff, like I'm going to respond. But <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> but no, I just, three hours is crazy town level. Yeah. Like you're going to be like, oh, that's a warning sign. That's a, that's a red flag. I'm not sure about that. Right, right. And if, well, I mean, and, and, and now that you know the person, if you hung out with them, now you think that as soon as you say see you, the clock is ticking. Yes. So I agree with you. you 90, if this you is got, a requirement, like, yeah. you need more time. And two, if you've known each other for 15 years, no, you do not need verification of a successful hang. And that is a you issue. And you need to work with a therapist about it. Yes, and I, I generally okay. will follow up with people and say like, hey, good to see you. And certainly if someone treated, yes, I will be thankful about the most that. Yeah. But I think, oh, one last one, which is rule one number 111. I just think this is an important okay. one for everyone to know. They say it's okay for you to walk through anyone's scene, whether it's Martin, Marty Scorsese or someone filming an outfit of the day TikTok. They don't own the sidewalk. <laughs> And so this used to be a problem just in places like New York and L.A. where people were actually filming real films. But now it's a problem yeah. everywhere you go. And so, yeah, you don't have to respect the content creator's space at all times if it's public space. If it's a, yes, that's right. Because if I mean, look, everyone's got a phone with a camera now. They're doing videos. doesn't matter. Do your thing. Get to where you're going. Because there's too many of us now that have these things. And 
they have to be the ones to deal with it. But even back in the day when it was actual movies, I'll give you two, for example. One is, one is Casino, Martin Scorsese's Casino, and it's Frank Vincent and Joe Pesci are having this conversation outside their little stand. Out, when, this is after he got, Joe Pesci got banned from Vegas, and he's sitting out there. They're having a conversation. An old man walked on the set, and it's in the movie. And you see him walk, and he just walks by them because the camera was at such a distance, but they had, you know, they were mic'd up. And it's funny because Pesci actually says, wait, 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 who's this guy? Who's this guy? <laughs> and he said, he meant that as an actual, you know, as, as oh, no, actor Joe so. Pesci and not, not Nicky Santoro. And Frank Vincent, to his credit, goes, oh, don't worry about it. I know him. He says, yeah, he's a friend. You know, he goes, oh, yeah, he's a friend. You know, and that, that's how they played it off, which is great. And the other thing is, if you ever go back to the movie Arthur with Dudley Moore, there's a scene outside of Bergdorf Goodman. And it's a confrontation with the security guard, Liza Minnelli, and Dudley Moore. And once it breaks up, a crowd goes by. A man walks past the camera and gives a little wave. And they just kept it. <laughs> nice. There. Look, this is, this is you the, you're living in the world. There are other people here, even, even if you're a famous That's... director or Joe Pesci. Okay. Oh, wait. Know. I did want to do this last one. <laughs> Hold on. No, because yes. this is pertinent. Yes. I think this is like pertinent this. to our dinner tomorrow night. All right. Number 68. Okay. Disperse, disperse, <laughs> don't clump. What was number 68? Hold on, 68, Sorry. 68. Although number 69 is don't go to a, into a phone vortex at dinner, and that is also important. Oh, yes, number, it is. Love Number more. 68, oh. disperse, don't clump the superstars at the table. <laughs> disperse. It says never ever make a superstar, Meaning. whether they are famous or just extremely charismatic, something that you and I are both burdened with, face a wall. They yes. always face the room. They must be allowed to sparkle. Okay, Vic, I got a sparkle. <laughs> this is funny. So this this morning, I stopped by the coffee shop and uh, where my father-in-law and some of his church friends are. And there was about eight or nine of them. And I said, oh, this is an interesting situation because I'm going to have this dinner. And I, I, I wanted to know, where am I going to sit in relation to, right? And that's the key with a long table. You don't want to, somebody like me or you do not want to sit at the end where the choices, you know, it might, you might be seated next to somebody you don't like. This is that somebody else, not certainly not a, not at my dinner, but I mean, if it was another dinner and, and a wall, could you imagine if you were sitting next to a wall and somebody you don't like it's that? Rough. Oh, you got it. And then you're hearing laughter at the other oh, end the FOMO. is the worst. The FOMO. I'm going to, I'm not, I'm not going to sit at the head of the table because because, you know, then, then there's all these other people with many conversations that you want, you know, you want to be able to switch back and forth. I'm going to be dead that, center. This is what I, I am always gaming for the center of the table. But yeah. if it's someone else's birthday, if there's another VIP there, I want to be oh, like, I want yes, to be like, course. well, it's where I am in real life. Like center right, like just, just a little bit, a little Some bit center off center right. from the very middle of the table. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I will, I will concede whoever the, the, the you know, the, the birthday person is, they can sit there. But I'm sitting really close. We have to sparkle, Vic. All right. We have no time to talk about anything else. So I know. I so know. Next week, we're, we're going to talk about the no. Super Bowl, but we'll talk about yeah, the aftermath. Yeah, we can do of the aftermath Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Okay. We, we also have oversight committees have started, and there's some crazy oh, stuff yeah. going on. And I want to check More in on that. And another mask update. We got all the things. So we'll be back with that. Lots to do. Lots week. to do. And everybody enjoy your Super Bowl, and we will catch back up with you about it. Vic? That wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. You can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter, at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. Thanks for being with us. The best way to get hammered responsibly. Stay sparkly, everybody. <laughs> this has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. <laughs>